0: Welcome to the Property CEO Podcast, your inside track to the world of property with your hosts, Ian Child and Richie
1: Clapson. Hello and welcome to the Property CEO Podcast. My name's Ian Child and I'm here with Richie Clapson. Hello, everyone. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about something that lots of people get wrong, aren't we, Richie? Something that that every property person does at some point. That's right we're going to be
0: talking about viewings uh, more specifically how you can get the most out of them. You know as you say uh, I've seen so many people make a right you know horlicks of viewings over the years it's probably about time i let people know the best way of doing it in my
1: humble opinion. That's great can't wait to hear all about that so uh, what have you been up to this week? Well do you know I've been having a bit of a spring clean. Wow quite impressive always keep meaning to have a bit of a spring clean myself but somehow never get round to it. Um have you been what cleaning the uh, the entire house?
0: No, 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 no. No, I'm not allowed to do that just in case I break something. So my task <laughs> right. my task was to spring clean the garage.
1: Oh wow. You know, I bet that must have been quite cathartic, you know, getting rid of all that junk. What do you mean? Junk? You know, all that stuff in um, in your garage that you never use.
0: I'll have you know that I use absolutely everything in my garage.
1: I just needed a bit of reorganisation. OK, if you say so. Uh, just a little surprise, I suppose. The last time I was in there, a little while ago, it looked like a place where you... Well, where you kept all the things that you didn't use. OK, name one thing in my garage that I don't use. Really? I mean... I don't have a photographic memory or anything, but I do recall that there were at least two cars in there under massive tarpaulins It didn't exactly look like they got out much. Okay, okay. They don't count. They're classic cars, you see. You've got to store them somewhere. Okay. Um, I just don't know these things. Right. So, you've got one wall in your garage that is completely full of bicycles. Oh, yeah. Which is quite common in a family garage, but you told me that they all belong to you. They do. And so, do you get out much on them these days? Uh, sometimes. And, and how would you, for example, decide between, you know, whether to take out the two road bikes that you've got or, or the three mountain bikes?
0: It depends on how the mood takes me.
1: Right. And, and and what about the BMX? Don't, I don't think I've, I've kind of seen you out and about on that before. Okay,
0: okay. Look, perhaps I haven't used that one very recently. To be
1: fair. <laughs> then ah, oh, then there's the whole surfing thing. You got a load of surfing stuff, There's surfboards and jackets and stuff hanging up. I mean, be honest with me. Can you surf?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I used to be. Uh, I used to be big into my surfing. Really? Are you yeah. any? You any good? Well, uh, you know, I've got a low centre of gravity, so uh, I mean, you'd be rubbish at it, to be
1: fair. <laughs> your height. Or well, maybe you just enjoy life. I hadn't thought of that. You know, all that cycling and surfing, um, you know, nothing to be ashamed of, mate. It's kind of, uh, especially not these days. What do you think?
0: It's just an excuse to dress up in sort of skin tight clothing or well, these probably. hobbies.
1: <laughs> but then, yeah, I'll be honest, you've got some other stuff going on in your garage, which is, well, if I'm honest, a bit unnatural.
0: Really? What's unnatural so about my garage? It's completely ordinary. My garage, top to bottom.
1: Well, it's not. That's just the point. You've you've got almost one entire wall dedicated to car cleaning stuff. So you can't tell me that's natural. What's wrong with that? You see, have you ever seen me in a dirty car? Hmm. And then then there's the drinks cooler. And what's wrong with having a drinks cooler? Well, how many people have a drinks cooler dispensing bottled water, cans of soft drinks, and chocolate bars? in their garage oh you know you never know when you might get thirsty that's for sure yeah, yeah, yeah but you've got exactly the same in the kitchen and you've got exactly the same in your office are you kind of worried that you might not be able to make it from the garage to the kitchen before you, you pass out through dehydration or, or lack of uh, chocolate I see well it could happen couldn't it now at least i'm covered but do you know the biggest shocker for me about your garage No, go on it's the snow globes what snow globes you had a, a massive box of personalised snow globes in your garage. <laughs> just to explain, these are, these are quite big, clear sort of perspex things filled with fake snow in a, in a kind of liquid so that when you shake them, oh, it yeah. works just like a, a snow dome. And, um, and in the background, very worryingly, is a grinning headshot of one Mr. Clapson. Yeah, you'd have forgotten about them. How can you have forgotten about them? I mean, you actually gave a snow globe to my good lady the first time you met her.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, they were just surplus items over from a motivational barbecue that I'd hosted a while back. So (laughs) so I gave her one.
1: Well she's going to be uh, massively disappointed now. She thought you'd made it kind of especially for her. In fact, we still have it on the mantelpiece at home in the living room. Do Do you really? I bet you don't. Of course not. When we got home, she insisted I bin it and try and find a less weird business partner. Now, don't worry, though. I I, I wouldn't dream of, of chucking it in the bin. No? No, of course not. I think, in fact, I gave it to the charity shop. Actually, I, I remember the lady in there seemed to, which uh, well, seemed to take quite a shine to your your photo, if I recall.
0: Well, you see, I've known to cause
1: a bit of a stir with the ladies in my time. Well, she was she was quite elderly. I think she may have assumed that you were some sort of uh, matinee idol from her youth. <laughs> <laughs> well, an easy mistake to make. <laughs> but hold on a sec. You you said you gave these snow globes away at a motivational uh, barbecue. That's right. Okay, uh, I'm not quite sure. I see the connection. So. Let's just kind of rewind. People people paid money to come and have you motivate them, and then you sent them away with a Perspex snow globe containing a picture of you.
0: Yeah, well, what's wrong with that? I mean, they didn't just get globes. I mean, they got sausages as well. It's a motivational <laughs> barbecue.
1: Motivation and sausages. That's
0: a pretty pretty heady cocktail. Oh, don't knock it, don't knock it. Powerful stuff, very powerful.
1: Hold on a sec. Why were you giving away snow globes uh, at a barbecue? Uh, were you having a barbecue at Christmas, or were you giving away snow globes in the summer? Oh, come on, don't be ridiculous. Who in their right mind would give away snow globes in the summer?
0: Anyway, look, you can't beat a good Christmas barbie. Right. Everyone had a, had, a, had a great time. They huddled round my uh, big old gas barbecue whilst I cooked up the sausages. I mean, it was great, to be fair.
1: Presumably yeah. they, were, they were huddled there for warmth, were they? Really.
0: What? What do you mean? No, they had a well of a time. In fact, uh, it's probably the high time I held another sort of motivational barbecue myself. Perhaps we could uh, do a property CEO one.
1: Oh, or, or then again, perhaps not. In fact, uh, do you know what sounds like an even better idea? Now, go on. What? Instant death. <laughs> 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 so please don't try and drag me into your bizarre world of of sausages and snow globes. Uh, uh, there's just there's just something not quite right about the whole thing.
0: But I've still got quite a few snow globes left. Okay. So, what about this? I was thinking next time I'd up the ante and give a cuckoo clock. What do you reckon? A cuckoo clock? Yeah, yeah, you know. But instead of cuckoo that pops out, it could
1: be our logo instead. Or or maybe a picture of the two of us. Oh, now you're talking. That was was a joke. No, I I think the safest thing is if you ditch the snow globes and probably get rid of the barbecue as well given that you have what can only be described as a checkered barbecuing history and I still don't have the faintest idea what's motivational about a Ritchie snow globe. I mean, what exactly are you supposed to do with it?
0: Well, Einstein, you shake it and it looks (laughs) like it's snowing. Do you want me to explain how a
1: toothbrush works as well? No, no, what I mean is what's motivational about it? Well, did you try it? I did. Uh, I shook it quite hard as it goes. And? And it
0: just looked like you had dandruff. Oh, that's a bit cruel. Look, come on. I dream of having dandruff one day. Just got no
1: hair to put it into. (laughs) Right. As ever, we've descended into your surreal world and we desperately need to get back to uh, reality. So let's just assume, uh, for the sake of argument, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong or weird about your garage whatsoever at all. And let's crack on with the show, shall we? Uh, you're going to tell us all about viewings, if I remember. That's right. Let's park my garage idea. And I'm going to <laughs> talk to you
0: about viewings. Let's be sensible for once. So I'm going to talk today about viewing uh, development opportunities, uh, whether that be a new build, bit of land, or whether it's a refurbishment project. And I'm going to talk about two parts of that. One is the equipment that you need, so an equipment checklist. And the second thing is viewing checklists, what you need to be thinking about when you go to view a site, what's the important things and and the mere fact that you're going to go there and maybe make a decision to purchase it you want to be totally prepared so a, a checklist of some sort is, is going to be ideal because this is potentially your most expensive purchase in your life mm-hmm. you know normally your car is your second most expensive purchase your house is often your first but as a developer you're potentially going to be purchasing whether it's with your money or someone else's perhaps the most expensive thing you've ever purchased in your life so don't you think you should be a little bit prepared absolutely so what i want to do today is go through some some ideas and some thoughts of of things that you want to be thinking about for your equipment and from your viewing so it's it's one of those podcasts if you listen to it in the car maybe you want to have another listen with a pen and paper handy at some point because a few good steers and pointers that we're going to give you fantastic so, the first thing you're say is you're going to be properly prepared for your site visit. So, you know, well in advance, if you're going to go and have a look at a site, put together a list of all the things that you need to take for your visit. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, some of the items you perhaps think, well, I won't need that, but have them just in case. So, you know, the, the experienced uh, developers out there will often have in the back of their car a sort of a kit box of some sort yep. with with bits and pieces in it so whether that be uh, spare batteries tapes paper pens hard hat boots etc so various bits and pieces that you just think well i might need that you know so okay the, these days it's pretty good you've got phones you can take massive amount of pictures on a phone but how many of us out there have turned up to go and take pictures of a site and then the batteries virtually run flat because we've been on the phone two hours before and the phone's a slightly old phone and the battery runs down quite quick and we didn't charge it Yeah. until you're going to go around this site and you don't take your pictures so you want to have backups you want to have things prepared so uh, just a few bits and pieces that I would always have so I'd always have a camera I'd always have a spare digital camera in the car with a fresh set of batteries, you know that's there ready, and a decent a decent memory stick in it, so I can take plenty, plenty of pictures. Yep. So ordinarily, I'll take them on my on my phone, and and then I'll just download them to the computer straight away because that's the simplest way of taking them. I've always got them with me if I'm wandering around, but I have my camera as a backup, and of course to go with that, I'll have a phone charger. Because even if I go in a property, um, I I can perhaps actually plug it in if there's electric in this property. I can just politely ask, even if it's occupied, and just get enough charging there to take a few photos. So I always have a spare camera, and I'll always have a a backup uh, phone charger for, for for, for the phone. Now, other little bits and pieces, and on why are these important, I'm just going to talk around these. So site plans to write on. You're quite often we go there, and now if you're not a good sort of 3D thinker, you can't visualize plans and layouts, turning up with a blank sheet of paper and trying to, to mark up stuff that you've seen on the site is quite difficult. Yeah. Now, if you've got a site plan, either off of the estate agent, or you've just downloaded a bit of uh, something off the planning portal, or maybe even very simply just something off of Google Maps... If you're looking at a plain open site, download several copies of that, just hard copies, and have them, in, you know, in your folder or on your clipboard, whatever it is you take, so you can mark on them. Mm-hmm. You know, you haven't got to start drawing out floor plans and, and taking time doing that. Quite often, these viewings are under a bit of pressure. Yeah. you know, the agents are often hurrying you along, particularly if you've got block viewings. So the last thing you want to be doing is, is sitting down and trying to sketch out the layout of a floor before you start marking the features and bits
1: and pieces on it i think particularly on a if you're having a one-to-one viewing then the challenge there is that you know okay the the agent's going to give you a certain amount of time to to do stuff but actually if if you sit down and basically start sketching out (laughs)
0: bring out your easel and your sketch pad yeah yeah. then
1: it's not going to be that impressed
0: no it's not and and you know we always talk about you've got to build relationships uh, with with agents you know they you've got to become across as professional (laughs) so if you turn up unprepared you know you're not going to be looking that professional if you turn up with your floor plans all ready to mark on you're Mm. going to look a lot more professional and several copies yes because you might want to mark several features Mm. on them and of course if there's several floors that repeat if it's an existing building have several copies for each floor the camera as i said measuring tape measures and actually you know have have an electronic measurer invest in one you know, you, you might feel like you're off of, off of sort of homes under the hammer going around with an electronic measure, clickering it. But they're not that expensive. You know, if you go on to... But well, they save so much time. Oh, yeah. Well, whether, whether you go on to uh, onto the internet or whether you go into your local builder's merchant, you can buy one. Uh, a couple of spare batteries always for the thing, but you can go round. Otherwise, if you've got to start asking the estate agent to hold, hold the, the end, end of the tape, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. No. You know, again, you don't look that professional. So I would say, if you're serious about this stuff, invest in just even the basic electronic measurer. The one I've got does all sorts of functions. Apparently, it can store stuff and all. I just take basic measurements off it, it and tickle, mark on the plan. Really? It makes tea as well. Yeah, 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 yeah it makes this. tea. So electronic measure is great and, of course, a manual version as well. Now, you know, not just a 5-metre tape, but I've also got a 30-metre tape. So I've got a 30-metre nylon tape. Again, you can just buy these in your local sort of builders, merchants, your Qs, that sort of thing, or off the internet. So I've always got a long tape in the car, and I've always got a short sort of 5-metre tape. So I've got plenty of ways to, to measure stuff. And, of course, electronic tapes are brilliant for measuring floor-to-ceiling heights. Yes. I mean, who's ever gone in with a metal tape, and you're sort of pushing it up so far, then the thing bends over, and you can't do it, and you just look at you know you look a fool you just don 't look professional, so <clears throat> have some stuff to measure with the important one and the amount of times i 've been to sites and people have said particularly on block viewings is look okay careful borrow your torch yeah. take a torch yeah. and a bright torch i 've got a very small torch which, which I take, which is perfect, it just fits in your pocket even if you 're wearing a suit. But it, it's, it's bright enough, you know, it's a decent LED torch that you can look up into lost spaces, behind voids, under floors, all sorts yeah. of areas. So just have a torch. Now, a lot of people say, okay, I've got a torch on my iPhone. I have seen at least one, possibly two developers drop their iPhone down a void because <laughs> they're trying to look at the, the, you know, with the torch on and it's a clunky yeah. thing and they drop it. Yeah. If, you, if you drop a 10, 15 pound torch, so what? But you do not want to be dropping your iPhone down a cavity wall or something. No. So... A really good torch is important. Um, Now, you might need sight boots. So, again, you know, if you're going to go on to a site, you don't want to, particularly if you're going off to another meeting, you know, you've got a nice pair of brogues on and you're going to walk across a muddy site, or in fact, actually, you've got to go across part of an existing, uh, you know, working site to another part of the building which you're looking to buy, you might need sight boots. Mm -hmm. So the worst scenario is you could turn up and you're not even allowed on. Yeah. So always have sight boots, a hard hat, and maybe a high-vis in the car, just stored just in case. And another
1: top tip is it's very, very uh, inexpensive and easy to get those items branded. Oh, very much so, yeah. Uh, and so, again, when you're putting those out and in front of the estate agent and putting them on then your brands out there uh, it looks like you're invested in it yeah it looks like you, you know, really just, good just point Ian, yeah
0: it just looks so much more professional um, have a decent coat you know have a de- if you if you're turning up particularly if you're looking at an open site and it's pouring with rain if you've got a decent waterproof coat, you're going to spend your time looking around. Otherwise, you just, from an own personal point of view, you're going to think, oh, "I am cold, I'm wet, I've got to go," and you won't look at stuff. So, you know, that sort of weather protection kit is is important. Um, I always have a portable ladder as well because is that because you're
1: you're quite because demanding. I'm
0: short. Sure, yeah, go on, yeah, get <laughs> it in, in, in it. It. Yeah. there. I always have a portable ladder just so I can reach the worktops. Is that what you <laughs> want me to say? And get a cup of tea. But I always have a portable extendable ladder. That now, okay, there's a couple of quid in those but you can get them for one under 100 pounds but if you're again, you're serious about development just sometimes you have been able to get access a loft space if you're doing a refurbishment and you open up a loft space and the amount of times i've done that and they've looked in a wow hmm. i've got an extra room up here ah. i've got an extra flat or you know the converse that like, i found a problem my word you know that's that's all uh that's all rotten up there you know or, or it's yeah. damp it's leaking. So. If you don't look into that space, and, I, and I've seen developers, and I've, you know, because as you know, I work with a lot of existing developers over time as well. I've had to go and help them out where they bought something, and we've gone up in the loft space, and I said, what, did you not look at this? <laughs> no, no, never had a ladder. <laughs> and I As, as bought if that's,
1: it. Uh, yeah, that's... Um... So, a, that, so a you've just reason.
0: bought, uh, you know, a three, four, five hundred thousand pound building, um, but you didn't look in the loft because you didn't have a hundred pound ladder. Yeah. It's like yeah. buying a car without test driving it. It is. Yeah. Oh, buying cars. No, let's, let's not go there. Don't let's draw there. me on that.
1: Although I have to say, your portable ladder, I've noticed, is something out of Inspector Gadget. It's quite remarkable.
0: Do you like the way you can slide and, and you just pull the catches and it just slowly yes, comes down yeah, it's on, really, on like little compressors? Really,
1: yeah, I think you, could, you can almost, it's almost like, yeah, automatic, really, really very impressive. So
0: a ladder is a really, really good thing to have. Um, um, and then importantly as well, you know, business cards to hand out, the agent's particulars, know who it is you're seeing, notebook, spare paper. So put all this down in a checklist equipment checklist and as i say maybe get a box in the back of the car and put all your kit in there
1: that's the that's the safety net isn't it if you've, if you've got your box you know you're on a viewing just get it out of the garage put it in the car and then you're done um, and it's you don't have to drag everything in with you um, but you know you just got it if you or,
0: need it yeah, and that, and again that. that's so much more professional to to do that and then the last thing on your equipment checklist which will lead us into the into into the viewing bit is a viewing checklist uh-huh. make sure you've actually got your viewing checklist with you quite important Absolutely. So, okay, what's on a viewing checklist? Well, th- th- you want this. You want to type this up. You want to spend a bit of time. Now, you can have some standard viewing checklists. That's fine. But you want to make it a little bit site-specific. So when you go there, you're not looking through a 12- or 15-page document when actually only three of the pages are relevant to yeah. what you're looking at. But the point of a, of a checklist is, is that you do not want to get hurried. You, know, you want to go to this site and pick up all those things that you need to see. All the dimensions that you need to take, all the uh, features of the building that you need to mark down or photograph, because you're going to take this away. What we need to go back to and understand is, as, as I mentioned right at the beginning here, this is going to inform one of the probably most expensive purchases in your life. So you know we know that we're going to be doing some deal analysis. Uh, we use our iPad, our Map Pack uh, processes. So these are basically deal analyses that we use here at Property CEO. They're spreadsheets, and all the information that we gather from site gets fed
1: back into these sheets. Should explain that an iPad in this context is our deal analyzer and not the piece of electronic equipment. Absolutely, a, absolutely, kind
0: of yeah, yeah. no, no advertising intended there. No, no. So, but these deal analysis sheets require all this input from site, and of course, it's those sheets, the deal analysis sheets, that actually inform you to go and purchase this project. So, you've got to make sure you gather all the information you want and in a structured manner. Because, again, if you've got a block viewing or, as as you said earlier, if they've got the just a single viewing with a start agent, you want to go through this efficiently. You don't want to be going, oh, can I just nip back up to the floor? I forgot this. I forgot that. Or, or, or you know, if you forgot half the stuff, um, it's, it's just crazy. So yeah. have a checklist put together. So when you're walking around, you know, you, you're, you're basically you, you're doing the process of chatting to the agent chatting to maybe other people that's there, maybe chatting to the vendor, but also you're making sure you go through the whole process. Yep. So what what we tend to do is we have a generic list uh, and then that generic list we break down and make it a bit site-specific. But what we'll also try and do is turn it into a yes-no checklist. That's really quite quick because you, know, you can have things like, um, let's say you're doing a domestic refurbishment uh, and you wanted to know uh, about electrics. You know, um, you know, d- d- you know. Is there a consumer board? How old is it? You know, does it need changing? Now it might be you go around an electrician, and it could be a yes or no. Mm. Are there wall lights? Maybe there's wall lights so that have be a problem when you're going to refurbish, and it could just be yes, no. Yeah. What if it's plumbing? You know, uh, it, it has the boiler been serviced recently? Normally, they have a little sticker on it, and you could be yes, no, or it could be question mark, and then on a the comment section, vendor doesn't know or they're going to confirm. Yeah. So I think try and make your questions as a check no list, and then print them off for the site specific when you go on there. So when you walk around, you know, whilst there might be a lot of conversation, there might be a block of viewing, there might be a lot of people, quite often and I've had it, this state agent might be trying to hurry you from one floor to another. Mm-hmm. So if you've just done the first floor, he's now trying to hurry everyone up to the second floor. Well if you've not finished your checklist, it's not as if you're just being slow, you just need to say, hang on, I just need to finish off a couple because more items on my list. And yeah. I'll and I'll be with you. But the fact that you've got a list the agent will tend to think, okay, yep. they're organized. And it goes hand-in-hand hand, as everything you said earlier. And if you turn up and you've got a branded high-vis and a and, and, and hard hat and so on, um, and you, you know, you've got all the equipment you need, uh, they're actually going to probably tend to work with you a little bit more yeah. than if you're just a bit randomly running around trying to gather information. So you know just to pick a few a few examples of bits and pieces and and this list as I say can be quite extensive so on electrical particularly if you're looking at a, a refurbishment you know you might want to see what well, what's in there as i said you know what's the fuse boards what's the state of them maybe on your tick list you're going to have a photo yes or no if you haven't got an electrical consultant going with you just take a photo of it you can send that photo off to your electrician. Your electrician can say, "Yeah, no, that's an old consumer board. That's got to be changed." Yep. So you know, you might have a you know photo needed. Yes, no. Yes, taken. Yes, that done. That maybe in plumbing, you know boilers. Again, you mm. might not have a plumber with you, um, but actually, you're a builder of any description. So you just take a picture of the boiler. Yeah, most plumbers would have a look at that. You'll send it to your builder. He'd let his plumber have a look
1: at it and say, "Yep, yeah, that's definitely outdated." We've yeah. got to have a new one of those. I think Ronnie captured the make and the model number, you'll, you'll know exactly. Uh, yeah, pretty absolutely. Yeah, you know, roughly about how old it is.
0: You know, you can take, uh, you know, is, is there radiators in there? You can take photographs of radiators. You know, is the kitchen, you know, is a new kitchen needed if you're looking just to do a light refurb and a flip on something? Yeah. Um, very easy to look at that yourself. We all live in a kitchen and think, is that a standard we'd be happy with or not? And mm-hmm. you tick that, you know, but could you keep some of the appliances? Yeah. Does does the gas you know need relocating or electrics need relocating in the kitchen area? Uh, does it need just need new worktops?
1: Yeah, you often quite often you can you can keep the carcasses as well, can't you? Yeah. Just change the doors. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you know you can look at all those things say in the kitchen. Now, when we start coming to some slightly more technical stuff like walls and structural cracks, whilst you as the developer might not have that experience, again taking a few photos can come into play here. So you make a specific point of saying, okay, are there any cracks to the walls? Yeah. yes there are take a photograph uh, you can then reference that photograph on your plan because if you've got a plan you can put a little star on your on your plan photograph number seven yeah and of course then you can send those off to the structural engineer the structural engineer can have a look at it when yeah. now they might have to go back and have a second visit often they might say no I've had a look at that that's a non-low bearing wall from what i can see from the existing plans yeah it's not it's not an implication you know damp patches you know if you don't have that question are there any damp patches you're probably just going to walk over it you just you know, you walk around there's no point walking around the building as a new developer not knowing what you're looking at no. you know you you right. either are going to take professionals with you and and that's fine it's a bit like an aa inspection of a car you know you you couldn't get an aa inspection of every single car you looked at because you couldn't afford it yeah um so you're going to do it on the one you really seriously want to buy so a viewing checklist is going to help you as a new developer understand this process yes you're probably going to go back for a second viewing but then of course you can take your professionals with you yeah uh, and when you're going to make the big decision but of course the thing is you've done a lot of legwork so the professionals are homing straight in on those cracks on the wall or the damp patches that they've seen come through the ceiling yeah they can home in on on those areas um, layouts, you know, you've got to be looking at does this affect what I wanted to do? You know, you might go in a building and think, yeah, I, want, I want to alter this and turn it into several flats, but then there's some columns. Now, you might not know whether they're structural or not, but you can mark them on a drawing. Mm-hmm. They might not have been shown on the agent's details. Often, agent's details are, c- are quite basic and plain. Yep. So, you might want to start marking sort of columns, what you think are, are concrete or maybe steel. And again, your structural engineers can come down and have a look at it. So you, you want to start building up a list of, of all these elements. You know, uh, external structure, what's, what's going on? Is it rendered? Is it brickwork? What's the roof like? Are there any tiles missing? Are they cracked? Yeah. They're full of moss. Yeah. Does anything look out of line or out of place? Does anything look a bit odd? And just take lots and lots of photos. You know, if you're doing a basic flip, decoration. You know, if everything's covered in wood chip wallpaper... What's the chance you're gonna pull off that wall chip wood chip wallpaper and the plaster's all gonna come with it? Yeah. So you wanna be thinking at that. Now you might not know, but it's a risk item that you that, that you can put in there. Um what about then looking at the site in the round? You know, what's access like? If you're looking at a brand new site, can you get access onto the site? You know, you've got to be thinking about what about, you know, there's fire engines and bin trucks. Now, they're just obvious things. You might not know the detail answer. Of course, if it looks a bit tight, that's where you bring in a good architect or a good transportation consultant, and they can analyze those elements for you. Uh, But you can take plenty of photos. Is it noisy? You know, just Mm. stand there and listen. Now, of course, if you're in the hustle and bustle of of a group block viewing, you might not stop and listen. Maybe just let the group move on and just stop and listen. And just, you know, is there a main road just down the other side of a fence and a bank that you didn't notice? Will that affect, if you were thinking of putting uh, downsizers in there, they want quiet enjoyment of their garden. Perhaps they don't want a main road. So, you know, it mixes up with your demographics. You're going to be thinking, would they want to live around here? And of course, in the round it's looking in the area if we're putting young professionals in an area they probably want a bit of cafe culture yeah and Are transport there... links yeah transport links is, you know where's the nearest bus stop of course this is one of the great things about going to site viewings early walking the local area yeah. where is the nearest bus stop
1: what's the local cafes like yeah. is there any
0: bars around because you know young professionals want a bit of work,
1: walk to a bar i think yeah. another thing that you can do on in that uh walk around is is look at it with a contractor's eyes because one of the considerations that you can have on a lot of sides is how easy it's going to be to actually build. You know, if you've got to close roads uh, or access is going to have to be across other, other people's property, then that can be a challenge. Have that in mind. You might not know the answer, but you can take a video or photo on your phone and then show it to your contractor. Yeah,
0: I, I like the idea of taking videos. That's really useful as well. We've got so much technology these days to do it. And of course, the great thing then is is that you can call into a local contractor's office that you might be building a relationship, maybe an architect or a structural engineer or your project manager. And of course, you can sit down at their convenience in their office, show them some photos, an odd video, yeah. and ask their opinion. And it might be, you know, rather than drag them out to the site, they've turned around and said, no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bother with that one. Which
1: the the... the, the my personal top tip on um, doing property viewings is actually always take photographs and and if you like videos in every room that you go in, yeah uh, just very quickly, even though you don't you're not necessarily photographing anything specific yes a number of times you get back and you think, oh." I need to I need a look at that. I didn't think about that at the time. I wonder I wonder what it is. And, of course, you don't have a photograph of it.
0: No, I'd say if you go into a room, stand in each corner, yeah. four corners of the room, and take a photograph, Now you might think, well, I can just stand at one end and I've got it. But you haven't. And I think, as you said, it, it, you're going to get that. Actually, the, it's going to be more about the professional questions you. You could be sat in the architect's office and he says, okay, that's really interesting, but have you got a picture of the staircase behind you? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't take that oh, well, I'd have to go and have a look at it. And then the architect might have to charge you some more money or you've got to go back and do a second viewing and ask for that further information. So I think the sort of summary of all all this is, is, is very, very simple in terms of viewings. An equipment checklist, number one priority, Uh, have all that kit that we've talked about so if you if you didn't pick it all up you know maybe uh, when you're back at your desk listen to this podcast again and write some of these ideas down and essentially on your equipment checklist is your viewing checklist Mm. put a generic one together build it up over your years and years of experience my list has been built up over years i add to it every time i see something that's additional Uh, and then all i do is i bespoke it for each site which is a very simple spreadsheet and i just delete the stuff i don't want for that one save it for that site largely keep it yes and no with a little comments box and i can fill it out as i go not only do i look more
1: professional um but actually i gather all the information i need to
0: make those big decisions
1: And i think one of the things that i've noticed over the years is that uh, it's quite a good idea um to have some generic words for every time you go into a room you're thinking you know uh things like you know damp Cracks, etc., where you're you, where you're looking for the same thing in every room. So yes. you've just got those written across the top because then you remember you haven't got to go across the whole list. You just know every time I go into a room, let's have a quick scan to see if I can see any it's of cool. those things. Fantastic, Richie! Absolutely superb, really good advice there. Uh, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for in this episode. Uh, do join us again next time when we'll be giving you the inside track on yet another part of the property world. In the meantime, please do feel free to check out our other episodes. And, of course, you can visit our website, which is at propertyceo.co.uk. But until next time, it's goodbye from us both. Goodbye.